welcome to the Exploring Excellence podcast, a show where I interview professional service leaders, innovators and client service stars on the importance of people delivering excellent services to drive business performance. I'm your host, Lynn Bromley. I'm an author, speaker, business consultant and the managing director of First Impressions Training. I've spent my whole career in professional services and a large part of it in finance and technology, so I'm a huge fan of all things techie. But I want to make sure that in a world where we're more connected than ever before and strangely more disconnected at a human level than ever before, we bridge that gap between tech and people. So sit back and enjoy the show while I introduce you to today's guest. Hello and welcome to the Exploring Excellence podcast and today we're recording series one episode 16 and I'm here with Eleanor Perry Hall, the Managing Director of Pentland's Accountants and Advisors. Hello Eleanor. Hi Lynn, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. That's good. I've got a slightly funny throat today, so I'm just hoping that my voice holds out. I think it's all of these Zoom calls we're all doing. I've been chatting all day on uh, on video calls, so I think that's probably what it is. So um, tell us a little bit about what you do at Pentlands, Eleanor. Yes. Um, so I'm the MD of Pentlands. I've uh, been working there for 20 years this year and, and uh, have owned it and been running it for 15 years. Um, And I suppose my main role is, I see my main role as looking after the team and looking after the clients. Um, I'm the person who, I suppose you'd call me the person who has lots of ideas, lots of, you might say visionary. Um, I think I'm the person who has lots of ideas. Sometimes they're a bit mad um, and uh, things like walking over hot coals, things like that. But most of the time, it's me that has the ideas uh, about what we can do in the business. And then the rest of the team help me to implement those. And we look after the clients. Yes, you roped me into walking over hot coals as well. It was uh, it was great fun. <laughs> it was good. Most, most of the people listening perhaps may have, some of may have done it and know that it is great fun, but others may be thinking, oh my goodness me. But it's it's not as bad as it sounds, is it, Lynn? No, it definitely isn't. No, it was, uh, it was definitely very good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background then and, and what got you into what you do now? Yes, that's interesting. So I didn't start out life as an accountant. I started out uh, in retail. So when I left school, I joined Marks and Spencers um, and worked for them for a couple of years and then left them to join Tesco's in a personnel role. So very much my early sort of um, career was all about customer service. So M&S were fantastic at customer service uh, back in back in the day and, and still are now. And Tesco's in my personnel role um, was was really good introduction to looking after the client and the customer. And then um, probably in the early 90s, I decided to um, give it a go myself and open up my own retail clothing shop uh, with a a low a grant and a loan from the prince's trust at the time because i was young enough to be eligible which was a really really steep learning curve i learned lots of lessons but the business was undercapitalized from the start um there was a break-in of the business very early on and also uh it was a breakdown of my first marriage and um it didn't go as quite as planned but what i do have as a legacy from running that retail business was i did the bookkeeping and i did the bookkeeping on sage and that's really what led me into accountancy 
And when I moved up to Warwickshire in the late 90s, I decided that I needed to do something different to retail and explored the idea of accountancy because I'd enjoyed that bookkeeping and then very much realized that accountancy typically at that time or my experience of it had been with a very traditional accountant with a pinstripe suit on who had a fountain pen who gave me his the big biro on his desk to sign off my accounts when I had my shop um, and didn't really explain anything to me and just said sign here and when I decided that it would be a good idea to train as an accountant, I really wanted to do something differently. So that's what got me into accountancy. Mm, that's incredible. You learn obviously lots and lots of lessons from that experience and incredible that that led you on to a whole new career, very different to, to retail as well. Yeah, I think when I look back now, it, it was, a, a, you know, people say you get to a crossroads and it was like a, a, a sharp turn in the road, definitely. And I suppose when I first started the accountancy qualification, I thought, well, I'll just do this for a couple of years and I think I'll just do some bookkeeping and the children were quite young and, and this will be a good um, stopgap in my career was, I suppose, my original thinking. But after that couple of years of qualification, I then joined Pentlands in 2000 and started my formal ACCA qualifications to become a chartered certified accountant and very quickly realized that I absolutely loved what I was doing and I and really as much as I loved the numbers and I loved the information that the numbers allowed you to make the decisions in your business that was the bit that drove me forward with my career in accountancy that I just the power almost in the numbers of being able to help business people make decisions and to help guide and support business owners when sometimes it can seem like you know a very difficult decision you know once you can understand those numbers and you can put them into plain English I mean when I signed off my accounts with those that big biro I had no idea what I was signing mm. uh, and I vowed that I would do things differently and that people there would never ever be a silly question from a client and they would always understand what we were talking about yeah fantastic so that experience yourself of, of being a customer of that that accountant that you talked about there um, actually led your or sort of formed your opinion of how you would do things going forward so who'd have thought that starting there you would end up being the managing director so how did that happen yes that's an interesting one i i didn't know that either so yes i started <laughs> i started in 2000 i suppose having my own business it was I'd enjoyed that part of it, although it was a very rocky road and it didn't quite go to plan. I'd enjoyed the sort of the autonomy of working for myself, you know, in my late twenties. And so when I joined Pentlands in 2000, I got my head down, I, I qualified in 2004. And then the, the two partners that were running the business, one of them who was the majority shareholder wanted to retire. So he had a chat with, with me um, and, a, and another lady that was running the business at the time and basically said, look, you know, if, you, if you'd like to buy me out, um, I'd like to go, which was a bit of a shock at the time because I was thinking, oh, I'm quite qualified yet. Um, but, you know, never one to look at, you know, to, to not rise to a challenge. I very quickly decided that that was a great idea. Um, talked to the bank got some funding in place and completed a management buyout in 2005, February 2005. And, and although probably at the time, I just thought, 
I'm not sure I'd do it now. I mean, it's 15 years on. Um, there's probably, I suppose I just felt I had nothing to lose at that point, um, which is a good place to be sometimes in business. Don't get me wrong. I'd crunch the numbers a million times before I made the decision to hand over the money and, and take over the business. Uh, but I, I suppose having the retail shop and having the breakdown of my marriage and that business at the time made me realize that actually you could work your way out of anything and that if I took on Pentlands and it didn't quite work out or it didn't go as well, then I would find a way out, which, and of course, wow. I didn't need to find that way out because although business always comes with its ups and downs, you know, I'm, I'm 15 years on now. So, wow. yeah. It's fascinating. I think virtually everybody I've spoken to on this podcast didn't actually end up doing what they first set out to do in their career. It's so interesting how life takes all of these different twists and turns and, and the, you know, the, the direction that we thought we were first going in often isn't where we end up. So, yeah, it's, it's so interesting to me. That always seems to be the case. Um, and talking about, you know, working your way out of things, um, obviously at the moment we're, we're on the 8th of June as we record this, this episode of the podcast and we're just going into week 12 of lockdown in the UK or semi-lockdown because we've, we've been let out a little bit, haven't we? We, we even got to meet up uh, at the weekend, which was great. Um, obviously due to the, the global pandemic that is COVID-19. So how has this affected you at Pentlands and also your, your clients throughout this time? Mm. yeah it, it seems amazing really that it's it where we've come from at the end of March to where we are now and I think very quickly we were fortunate that Pentlands had invested in technology and software and the wherewithal with our phone system and our IT systems to very quickly move from working in the office to working from home and utilizing um, we went on an incredibly steep learning curve with Microsoft Teams. It had been on the list for a long time and it very quickly got to the top of the list on about the 24th of, of March. Um, and I think very early on, I suppose I realised that this was about initially surviving and talking, you know, as a team, as surviving and getting through this and, and talking to clients about their survival, then looking to how we could help those clients to revive and to work their way through all of the things that they needed to. And then in some instances, as we go along this journey, there are people that are thriving. Um, you know, now there's more people who are in the survive and the revive stage than there are in the thrive stage, but there are all cross sections in, in our client base. And we've got a, a great sort of team culture. We work together incredibly well. You know we're good in a crisis i think um as a team and we we want to help people so instantly we just straight away took to finding out all of the information that we could to help and support clients very early on um we came together with three other local businesses that we'd worked with before we called ourselves the no jargon team and we'd done events previously on gdpr and other topical issues and we got together, um, Zen Zero are one of those businesses, along with the HR department and Risk Evolves. And Zen Zero suggested that we could use Microsoft Teams to hold weekly calls on a, you know, and use that platform and invite our clients so we could share information. And this week we did our 26th one hour call um, since the start of lockdown and, and that's been incredible really because we initially we we came together Monday, Wednesdays, 
and Fridays, 12 to 1. And now we do Mondays and Wednesdays, 12 to 1. And it's been a lovely, initially, the, the, you know, the people type questions in the chat and we answer them. And it was very, very intense for the first, you know, probably four or five weeks. And we were just trying to get the information out there of what had changed, what grants were available, loans, furlough scheme, how could we support the clients? We all have quite similar clients as in the group of the four businesses that work together. Um, we have mutual clients, so that's nice. But we very quickly built a real community. of, And that was what our aim was, to build a place where people could come, feel supported, ask a question, and hopefully we could answer. Um, so it's been... I suppose it seems like a lifetime, really, if I'm, if I'm honest. I can't believe it is only 12 weeks, but... There's been so many changes. I mean, I like to learn new information, but I, the, the pace of change and the, the rapid amount of information that's come from the government over the last few weeks has been huge. But I think staying calm, re, you know, reading and digesting that information and then making sense of it for business owners, because of course they're busy running their business and trying to manage everything else that they're doing. I hope and I, I think I know that we have with the comments and the, the, the feedback that we've had, we've really, we've really, really helped. Yes, you have. And I've attended some of the calls and they've been fantastic. I think especially at the start where there was real uncertainty about what was going to happen and how on earth we were all going to cope when we all had to, um, you know, remain in, inside for, well, at that point, we didn't know how long it was going to be. I think if we'd known it was 12 weeks, we probably would have worried even more. But, you know, at the beginning, we didn't really know, did we? But it was great to to get the advice and, and the support around um, things, as you said, like furlough, also about loans and and grants etc because the you know the information out there can be quite confusing so to be able to have that translation of the of the information as it came out from the government and also I think in some cases you were lobbying government as well weren't you as a group um, when you know when things didn't seem to make sense and especially when people had been missed out as well uh, from some of the schemes that uh, that were coming out so yeah for me it was really helpful to to be able to to, um, listen to those um, those calls and ask questions and, and get those questions answered. Mm, thank you. Yeah, no, it's good to hear. And I think we, you know, we're still doing it now. And I think it's really, really crucial to carry on. And we feel, you know, whilst people are still coming and the local business community is still there, we we will keep going. And I think for Pentlands, you know, our clients, we work with, um, you know, business clients, and we very much you know, have been supporting them individually on calls and, and talking to business owners regularly on, on Microsoft Teams mainly and Zoom as well. Um, and supporting them really a, a lot with loans. I mean, you know, we, we, we very much said to clients, look, you know, we, we let them know what grants they can apply for if they were eligible for them. We've done over three million pounds worth of C-bills loans. We've probably done over half a million pounds worth of support with banks back loans with clients. And I don't know the exact number of grants, but it's got to be a few hundred thousand pounds worth of grant money as well. And furlough claims, I think at our last count um, in one month, we were we were up at sort of over 300,000 pounds worth of furlough grant money with clients. And I think all of those things can seem very daunting when you've got so many other things to think about. But because money is our day in, day out job, and it's what we do, I suppose 
we were able to digest the information, keep calm, give people the bits that they needed to know and, and help them to think about, you know, with, for me, a lot of the, the loan applications, it was about an insurance policy for business owners. You don't know where the next, you know, however many weeks it's going to be or months into the future now. And I would say to anybody who's listening to this, you know, C-bills and bounce back loans are still available and the schemes are all open. And if you haven't applied yet and you are still concerned about your business and what that may look like post lockdown, then, you know, do talk to your advisors and who you work with about making an application because, you know, there are, there's no interest for at least the first 12 months and you can, of course, pay the money back if you don't need it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good advice. And as you know, the, the name of this podcast is Exploring Excellence. So I was going to ask you what service excellence means to you, but I think you've just given us a great demonstration of that in, in talking about what you did and how you were able to pivot the business and be able to, to support all of your clients. But what would your answer be to, uh, to what service excellence means to you? Yeah, I suppose I was thinking about this before we were going to talk today and, and really... For me, it's about making the client's life as easy as possible, um, giving people complete peace of mind. I mean, sometimes you can't give them. I mean, I say complete peace of mind probably before this <laughs> um, global pandemic, but, you know, because there is a lot of uncertainty at the moment and I appreciate that. But trying to anticipate people's needs, um, you know, we genuinely as a team are interested and we care about our clients. We've known you know, a lot of them for 10, 20 years, the business has been around for 28 years. Um, we really value their business and we value the relationship with them. And I suppose the last 12 weeks have shown me that more than ever, that as a team and as a, as a, a group of advisors, we've been able to step in and give people as much peace of mind as we can and to support and direct them and even you know a lot of the, the communication plan that we put together at the beginning of this we have to take a step back and you know we normally see clients you know maybe twice a year three times a year four times a year and we talk to them on the phone as well but we have to pivot what we were doing and change and think about what was needed now and you know we talked to the clients individually, but initially it was to get a sort of 10 week communication plan together about making contact with those clients, getting screens so we could see them face to face um, rather than just talking on the phone and then them being able to say what's important to them as well as us sharing what they needed to know. So, yeah, I think really making life as easy as possible in, in the normal world of doing business. It's about being there to support and anticipate their needs and, and help them but that's been more so than ever in in the last three months yeah and i think that's been a great demonstration of your your culture as a business at pentlands as well hasn't it so do you want to just tell us a little bit more about the culture yeah um i think for me if you've got you know happy people in your team then they're going to give great service um, and you need a happy, motivated team to do that because I, I think, it, you know, people see through that. So for me, it's about making sure that, you know, we care, we look after each other. So that's the starting point. You know, are we looking after each other and, and is everybody in the team okay? Um, we share our successes. So we share client successes, but we share team successes. 
Um, we do things before before lockdown. We did things like bowling and and you know um, going out for lunch. We had a bread making. We were going to do bread making together at the end of June, which we were really looking forward to. But um, we 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 just postponed that to, to September, and we're hoping we can all we can all still do that in September because we were we were definitely looking forward to making some sourdough and bagels and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know. It's, it's really important to know for people in the business to know where the business is going as well. So for the team of people who work for you to understand what your vision and values for the, for the business are and what your aims are as well. So they can understand where their part in that is. Mm, definitely. So for me, I mean, we, you know, we have our values and I think we do, you know, I, I I'm, was very wary to start with when we came up with the values a few years ago and we put them up on the wall and it all seemed like a really good idea. Um, but then it was really, really key to make sure that those weren't just words on the wall and that we were actually living by them and, and demonstrating our values. But um, our values are being ambitious, being agile, switched on, pragmatic and proactive. And I think I can absolutely hand on heart say in the last 12 weeks, we've lived by all of those. <laughs> you certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I need to worry about that anymore or, no. or, or not worry but you know sometimes you doubt that it's it's words but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that yeah absolutely I think from the the examples you've given us today you've demonstrated it just you know just through those conversations so yes I think you certainly have and we've obviously we've talked about lots of change with you know with the current situation you're we're in as a as a, as a well I was going to say as a country but it's the whole world isn't it that's going through this still um, but accountancy was was going through change even prior to lockdown. So there've been new initiatives such as making tax digital. Um, and how has that changed how you work with clients? And how do you think things will change going forward as we, I, I guess, from two perspectives, both as we come out of lockdown, because we're still not quite sure what that's going to be like in terms of, you know, will we go back to the office full time or will we have to have some sort of hybrid? Um, and obviously the way these these systems changes were coming through, that was already starting to change the way you work with clients. So what do you see for the future? Mm, yeah, you're absolutely right. There were, I, I probably in the last three years, pre, you know, March this year, seen the most changes in my sort of, you know, 20 year career in accountancy. Um, I think that the, the cloud based technology around the likes of Xero, QuickBooks, um, there are other cloud based accountancy software packages available, but we're, we, we, seen the huge change in the number of clients that are using zero um which is is the one that we favor definitely um and i think that's been absolutely crucial to managing your business in the current scenario and as being able to assist clients as well where we've got access at the the click of a button to, to get to their figures and what they're doing and i think um making tax digital has come in for vat now and and HMRC are going to bring in making tax digital for income tax and for corporation tax where we'll all be filing quarterly tax returns and quarterly company tax returns and paying our taxes quarterly as opposed to the way we currently pay them. Now some of those things making tax digital seems to have gone on the back burner a little bit at the moment and it had done previously already with with Brexit happening and various other changes but I my gut feel 
is that there will be an acceleration once, you know, probably into the ne next year. This is just a personal opinion, but I think we'll see an acceleration of those um, changes coming on stream. One, because I think the government will need the cash flow resource of us all paying more regularly. And I also think that they'll want the transparency and the information um, availability. And I think if you look at what's happened with furlough, you know, if you look at the job retention scheme and everybody needed to be able to log in to their HMRC gateway accounts and be able to put their portal claim on. Now, a lot of businesses hadn't logged into their, their government gateway account before, but now there have been over, you know, at the 24th of May, there'd been over 1 million employers um, making over £15 billion pounds worth of claims for the job retention scheme, which meant that those 1 million employers had all logged into their government gateway account and now know where it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the, personally, I think the change will probably be accelerated because there will be a need to recover money and there'll be a need to have money, you know, um, there more more readily and i think as well that it will have the industry of people doing you know doing manual i you know i i haven't really spoken to any accountants who've got manual records or who aren't perhaps working in the way that we are but I, i'm not quite sure how those firms would have coped during this period really because you need to have that digital access to your you know your accounts and HMRC and everything else. So I, th I think we'll see, I think we'll see the change continue. And probably once we get through the end of this year, there'll be quite a quick pace to it as well. Yeah. So your um, old fashioned accountant that you mentioned with his pinstripe suit and his fountain mm -hmm. pen might have struggled during, during this time, if he wasn't able to, to log on and, uh, and have the, you know, the digital uh, methods that you have now. So yeah, that's, I hadn't thought about that actually. Well, I suppose it's logical, isn't it? When you do think it through, but um, yes, they, the government are going to want to, to recoup some of that money that they've had to pay out with all of the, the job retention scheme and the, the loans and all sorts of other things that they're backing at the moment so yes it, it makes sense that they might well accelerate um, the introduction of, of the other um, digital ways of us um, paying our taxes rather than keeping them as they are so yeah that's uh, that's another one for us to uh, to think about as we move forward um, so if our listeners would like to improve their own service excellence can you perhaps, I mean, you've given us loads of tips already, so I feel a bit greedy asking you for another one. But do you have a, any any sort of last tip that you'd like to leave people with to think about? Yeah, I think I already said about, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of your client or your customer. I think that's really, really important. How would they feel? But I suppose one thing I haven't said, which is a big thing for us at Pentlands, is we don't always get it right. So occasionally we make mistakes um, and that's human, that's people being human. But actually what we do do is we take responsibility if something goes wrong and we put it right. And, and, it's, a, and it's not about what you do most of the time when you get it right, but it is about if something hasn't quite gone to plan, for me, um, it's how you handle that and how you react to that and how you put it right. So my, my, probably my top tip would be make sure that you you know you're willing you take the praise and the, the good things when they're there but also when things aren't very good and things haven't worked out that you also take full responsibility for that and you put it right with the client as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. I know when I was researching for the, the book that I co-wrote, um, we, we found some really good stories around that. We tended to call it service recovery. And I remember one of our, um, I think it's one of our law clients was telling us a story about when she moved house or was about to move house, she had a problem with her credit card and they, they'd blocked it by mistake or something had gone wrong. And um, when she contacted them to talk about it, they, they managed to sort it out very quickly and she was due to get married very soon after them buying the house and they sent her a hamper when they when they got married so that was a really nice surprise that she hadn't expected at all um, and then a couple of years later when she had a child they also sent her a hamper you know a new baby hamper as well so it's really interesting that she must have recounted that story countless times to people and she can't really remember what went wrong in the first place now but she can no remember how they put it right so yeah it's, it's a really good thing to remember we you know we're all human we all do make mistakes and I think actually during this sort of lockdown period we've seen that human side coming out more and more haven't we the fact that we we do get this little window into people's lives you know because we're seeing each other in in our houses through the screens when we do our teams calls or our our zoom calls so I think people are being a little bit more human perhaps than than they would have done even before lockdown lockdown so it'll be interesting to see how that carries forward when we you know when we do start to to come out mm. so, I, I hope that carries on I really I, yes. I love the fact that we you know we know a lot of our clients very well but I actually love the fact that I've met children pets cats dogs um all sorts of you know family members extended family members and other people and, and animals I actually think it it's 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 good you know we we yes. Yeah, it's, it's been a positive, you know, there's, there's sort of two sides to all of this uh, all the way along, but it, I think it's helped a lot with some of the, you know, the, the stress and things that have mm. gone with, with this period of time, being able to just be ourselves a little bit more because we are, we are at home and we are in our own environment. So, yeah. yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right, because previously, if I'd have been working from home, I might have said to somebody on a call, oh, I'm working from home today. So, you know, I apologise in advance for my dog barks, as she did earlier, actually, while we were recording this. I don't know if it picked up on the uh, on the microphone. I think something came through the door and she uh, she barks a little bit. But now I don't worry about saying that because we're all in the same boat. We're all working from home. And, you know, it's very normal, isn't it, that we hear yeah. kids and dogs and all sorts of things as as we're on our call so yeah I agree I really hope that we we keep that more human side as we mm -hmm. as we do move forward and talking about being human one of one of our I know one of our shared values is around contribution and so I always like to invite people to to mention a charity that they support um, just so it you know you bring it to the the listeners awareness so who is it that you'd like to to mention Mm, yeah, I'd like to mention the Purple Community Fund, PCF. Um, and I was, up until last year, I was a trustee of Purple Community Fund for 17 years. So a charity that was very close to my heart and still is. And they help and look after children out in the Philippines, in Manila, and various other areas, teaching their families um, livelihood skills and helping to feed and educate children out in the philippines so and they make some amazing ring pool products so if you if you want to have a look at the website then they've got some amazing products that you can buy online as well yeah, brilliant. I've, I've bought some of their products in the past. I think the firewalk we did actually was to, was, to, yeah. to raise some money for, for that, wasn't it, when he came back from Manila? So, yes, I remember that. It's, it's yeah. a 
charity. So mm. if people would like to find out more about you or about Pentlands, where, where will they go to find out? Yeah, so they could connect with me on LinkedIn. So Eleanor Perry Hall and Pentlands. They can have a look at the Pentlands Accountants website. We've got a COVID-19 area on the website and resources. Um, they can call the office number. All of the numbers are still working. You can get through to us on the phone. Um, so really, yeah, and social media. We've got uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all sorts of social media channels where you can follow us and see what we're, what we're up to. Brilliant. You're everywhere. <laughs> Very good social media lady who gets yes. us everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. That's great. Thank you so much, Eleanor. That's been great. Thank you for your time. Oh, it's been great talking to you, Lynn. Thank you. A big thank you to Eleanor for coming on the podcast today and for sharing her wisdom. In fact, we recorded a podcast episode about a year ago and for some strange reason we had a technical challenge and the recording just completely disappeared. It vanished into thin air. So you'll notice that the image that goes along with the social media posts on this episode is actually of us pre-COVID, pre-lockdown. So we've actually got decent hairstyles still and we, we had managed to get to the hairdressers. So if you wonder why we're standing so close to each other, it's pre-lockdown for the observant amongst you. So I hope you're keeping well and healthy and whichever stage you're at, whether you're surviving, whether you're in the revived stage or whether you're thriving, then stay well, keep happy and I'll look forward to catching up with you next time.